0: National Australia Bank's share price tumbles after it warns that the good times are over for banks. The owner of Rebel, Super Cheap Auto and BCF says higher interest rates are starting to bite retailers, and King Charles III set to become officially the richest and oldest monarch to be crowned. It's Friday the 5th of May, 2023. Welcome to Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Michael Thompson, and good morning, Sean Aylmer. Good morning, Michael. Sean, after the show, you have an interview coming up with Georgie Dent, a journalist, keynote speaker, and author, and the executive director of The Parenthood.
1: A great person, Georgie. She has some very definite views on how to solve some of the big challenges facing Australia from early childhood opportunities through to productivity and getting women back into the workforce. It's probably not the typical fear and greed chat, but it's fascinating just what Georgie thinks we can do as an economy if we kind of make inroads into some of these areas. Yeah, it is really interesting. It is coming up a little bit later on. The main story
0: this morning, Sean, National Australia Bank reported a sharp jump in profit to over $4 billion, but has conceded its profit margins have peaked, sending its share price down 6.4% yesterday.
1: Yeah, that's quite a whack and the drop in National Australia Bank's share price dragged down the other big banks, with Commonwealth Bank finishing off 2.6%, Westpac down 4%, and ANZ 2.4% lower. Not helping was more bad news out of the US. A Californian bank called Pacific West, its share price fell 50% after it said it was looking for a buyer that then bled into other global banks. So what the local sector had Yesterday was a performance from National Australia Bank, which analysts didn't like, and bad news out of the US. Ironically, though, there was a fair bit of good news in NAB's earnings. Cash earnings were up 17% for the six months to the end of March. The group will pay a dividend of $0.83 a share. That's up from $0.73 12 months ago. Credit quality only fell slightly, notwithstanding the slowing down going on in the economy, but Profit margins were squeezed and Chief Executive Officer Ross McEwan warned things are going to get tougher. Share prices trade on future expected earnings, not past earnings, hence the sell-off. At their core, banks make money by taking deposit of money and offering a low interest rate, then lending out that money at a higher rate. The difference between the two is called the net interest margin. That's how they make their money. Competition is fierce in the deposit market at the moment, and the banks are being forced to offer higher interest rates, and that's squeezing net interest margins. Yesterday, McEwen said this pressure is likely to continue.
0: There's also plenty of competition in the mortgage market, Sean. How's
1: NAB doing in that? Quite interesting, yes. The Melbourne-based bank is number four in the home lending market, and it said yesterday it basically was quite happy to lose market share among mortgages, rather than write uneconomic loans, as in the competition is just too hot there at the moment. Just as an aside, McEwen also reckons that the housing market has hit its low. Instead of focusing on mortgages, National Australia Bank is focusing on business banking, where it's the number one player. Earnings in that section of the organisation grew by 20% during the half. Now, McEwen was upbeat about the outlook, saying there were signs that inflation is moderating and most customers enter any future slowdown from a position of strength but certainly he conceded it's going to be a very tough six months or so for the banks.
0: Yeah, it's certainly a rough few days at least to be bank shareholders, Sean. What about the rest of the market yesterday?
1: The market performed pretty well given the lead-in from Wall Street and the S&P ASX 200 finished the day just a couple of points down at 7,193 points. It fell sharply on the opening and then basically spent the rest of the day making up ground. It was one of those days where the importance of the banks was amply demonstrated. Only about 25% of the top 200 stocks fell yesterday. So by far, the vast majority rose. But because the big banks were four of the stocks that fell, the market actually ended down slightly. Real estate stocks were the standout performers yesterday with a sub-index up 2%. Materials, technology, utilities, industrials, energy companies, they all performed well. BHP and Fortescue both closed up around 1.5%. Santos jumped nearly 2%. Gold Company Evolution Mining was the best performer of the top 200, jumping more than 7%, but none of that could wipe out the fact that the big banks fell. And a bit happening on international markets as well, Sean. Yes, sure is. Of course, the US Federal Reserve lifted interest rates yesterday morning by one quarter of a percentage point to their highest level in 16 years, and that has dominated global market action. Chair Jerome Powell conceded there could be a mild recession in the world's largest economy. He still thinks avoiding a recession is most likely, but tighter credit, thanks to higher rates, is having an impact. The statement with the announcement removed a sentence, and that sentence said some additional rate rises might be needed. Hence Fed watchers said the central bank is preparing the way for a pause in rate rises. Now Powell also said the US banking system is resilient notwithstanding the recent bank failures. Away from the Fed and interest rates, oil prices fell further. They're trading at their lowest level since 2021, Michael. The recession comments from Powell played a part in that slide. Brent crude is trading around 72 US dollars a barrel. Bitcoin's benefited from the Fed action with the largest digital currency up more than 3% to over 29,000 US dollars a unit. Ether, Cardano, Solana, a bunch of others also made gains. And Michael, the Aussie dollar is buying just under 67 US cents.
0: All right, there's a bit on. We'll be back in a moment with the rest of the day's business news. Sean, the big budget news over the past 24 hours is what the government is calling an historic wage rise of 15% for aged care workers at a cost of $11.3
1: billion. I reckon there are some jobs where workers deserve a good pay rise. And I think aged care is one. Hard work with people who definitely need assistance. And while there are 250,000 aged care workers in the country, there's still not enough to cover ageing population. So personal care workers, registered and assistant nurses in the sector, they'll all receive a pay boost. Good on them. Of course, this was decided by the Fair Work Commission last year. It will commence on 1 July. Aged Care Minister Annika Wells said the increase is life-changing for people and rights are wrong for an undervalued group of workers in Australia.
0: John, how does that work if it was decided by the Fair Work uh, Commission last year? Was the the government just essentially
1: figuring out how it will pay for it in the budget? Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. And they delayed it to step it in over two years. Uh, it was such a big increase. It was shocked everyone. We always knew it was coming, but the government just had to work out. It's $11.3 billion. I mean, that's over four years. That's not an insignificant sum of money. So the government was working out how to implement it. Okay. And just uh, staying
0: in politics as well, Sean, Treasurer Jim Chalmers has called on the big banks to pass on higher
1: interest rates to depositors. Yes, very related to our main story about National Australia Bank. Chalmers wants depositors to get the benefit of higher interest rates, saying not doing so made people unhappy. There you go. Uh, certainly, home buyers are feeling the pain of rate rises, Michael. Westpac yesterday joined ANZ, National Australia Bank, and Commonwealth Bank. You can throw Macquarie in there as well. They've all passed on that 25 basis point increase.
0: And Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has toured shipyards in the northwest of England where the first AUKUS nuclear submarines will be built.
1: He's over there, of course, for the King's coronation this weekend. Albanese said Australia and the UK will both build the new nuclear-powered military submarines with Australian personnel picking up skills in England that will lead to subs eventually being constructed in South Australia. Looks like he's enjoying himself over there, Michael. Oh, he's having a great
0: old time. Um, On a slightly related note, Sean, do you reckon Mm -hmm. shipyards, when it's written down, (laughs) is one of those words that looks like it should be pronounced differently?
1: Shopey arts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense, but it just looks odd, don't you think? <laughs> yes. What are the words called? I'm, I'm, oh, Sister Celsus will be very upset with me. Can, could the, the words with two words make one co-joined co joined conjunctive? Oh, yes. Oh, go and Google it. Oh, well. out.
0: Y- you know what? While I'm Googling that, can I just very, very quickly, and I know I'm doing this well and truly kind of out of order, but I want to give a quick little shout-out to a listener, yes. a Mia, an early Mia. We normally do this at the end, of the end of the show, the most enthusiastic advocate for fear and greed, M-E-A, Mia. Uh, this note came in via Facebook, and it's relevant. This is why I'm mentioning it right now. And it comes from Maria. And she said, Hi, Sean and Michael. Been listening to your highly informative podcast for a while now. Every morning on my early walk. Love the easy chatter between the two of you. I must commend you both for the remarkable use of the English language. Wow, Maria. She says, Such a pleasure to listen to. English is my second language. So I learn a lot from listening to you both. Oh, Maria, which, no, no, no. Yeah, oh, ooh, <laughs> there's a red flag going up here. Sorry, Maria. There, yeah. there's, there's high risk, high risk involved in, um, in-
1: learning anything about the English language from Michael. Or, Michael, you are an author though.
0: Mm. Mm. Mm.
1: By the way, it's, I have been able to Google it while you've been doing it. Conjoined words, C-O-N-J-O-I-N-E-D, conjoined words. Of course. Yeah. Of yes, course, of course. Shipyard, a conjoined word. And as you mentioned,
0: Sean, uh, yes, I do have a book out. It's called How to Be Remembered, and it's available everywhere <laughs> you buy books now.
1: Excellent Mother's Day present, can I say it, it? actually does make a great Mother's Day present. Uh, we are digressing here, but I did, I did hear from someone, IeU, it made men's health in the US thirty-three top. Now, I'm going to get it wrong, but it's something like the Men's Health has named their top 33 romantic novels for men. Yep. (laughs) And your book makes it. Yeah, that's right.
0: No, no, it's not just top 33 romantic novels. It is 33 best ever romance novels for men. It's up there with fifty shades of grey, apparently.
1: (laughs) Oh (laughs) I I, to be honest, I have read your book and I have read that book and they are not well I've only think I've said the movie nothing alike. No,
0: no. If you're if you're reading my book looking for smart, <laughs> you're looking in the wrong place. I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry to say, but anyway, we have digressed significantly. I just I needed to give me, uh, Maria a shout out as our Mia for the day. Moving on, Sean. Very quickly, the squeeze is on for Super Retail Group. I mentioned this at the top of the show. Uh, that's the one that owns brands like um, Rebel and BCF and Super Cheap Auto. Slowing consumer spending, rising costs
1: of doing business, all starting to take effect. That's right. Chief Executive Andrew Herity said demand for retail will be flat to negative while the company's battling higher wages, rent and energy expenses, basically being squeezed from both sides. Now, that triggered a 7% fall in the group's share price yesterday. Herity said the post-COVID boom is over. Though the group, which operates more than 700 stores across Australia and New Zealand, still had strong sales over the Easter period, particularly in sport and camping. We've just seen a few companies come out this week and talk about exactly the same thing. Remember packaging group, Emcor, they said something like that. Electronics retailer, JB Hi-Fi, they said the same thing. Now we've got super retail group. Clearly higher interest rates are biting retailers.
0: All right, moving right along, Sean, soaring coal prices and the Palaszczuk government's new royalty regime are expected to deliver a budget boost of $8 billion more in coal royalties than forecast in last June's
1: budget. This is according to the Queensland Resources Council. It's quite the boost for the Queensland budget. Based on current thermal and metallurgical coal prices and export volumes, the coal royalty take this financial year is expected to reach a record $13 billion up from $10.7 billion forecast last December, according to a report in the Financial Review. This is good news for the state's coffers, obviously, but not necessarily for future investors. Queensland Resources Council's Chief Executive Ian McFarlane said that the recent change in the royalty regime without consultation has created a very uncertain climate in which to invest. The state's previous royalty regime topped out at 15% for prices above $150 a tonne. Now, you may remember a few months back, they changed that. There's a new system. It's got three tiers. Royalty rates of 20% kicks in above $175 a tonne. It's 30% above $225 a tonne and a massive 40% for prices above $300 a tonne. There were a lot of complaints about it. You can see the benefit to the state here, but clearly it doesn't make Queensland as attractive an investment site for some of these big miners.
0: No, apparently not. Now, Sean, this is an interesting one. The US Jenny Craig weight loss business, which actually has its origins here in Australia, is closing
1: down and raising questions about the local operations. Jenny Craig and her husband, Sydney, founded the business in Melbourne back in 1983. They set up operations in the US two years later. At its peak, it had more than 500 centres around the world doling out weight management and nutrition information, selling frozen meals to help with weight loss, all that sort of stuff. Both the US and Australian operations are now owned by private equity group HIG Capital. And in the last couple of days, the US business has filed for bankruptcy. The local operation put out a statement yesterday saying the Australian and New Zealand businesses are continuing to operate. But according to the Sydney Morning Herald, the group's most recent annual reports show a sharp drop in profit last financial year and a warning from its auditor about the company's ability to continue as a going concern. I do hope Jenny Craig keeps going because that's kind of part of my childhood hearing about Jenny Craig. Yeah, absolutely. The ads. Yeah, totally.
0: Sean, one last one before we get to international news. Australia's largest outdoor advertising company, Media, appears to be losing market share and that has triggered a 30% drop in
1: its share price in the past two days. Out-of-home advertising, which includes billboards, digital screens, and panels, is one of the fastest-growing sectors of the media market. But Omedia's chief executive, Kathy O'Connor, has warned that total media revenue was expected to be down 10% for April. That is a big drop-off. And then in the first quarter of this year, Omedia actually lost market share, so it was hit that way too. Anyway, investors weren't impressed, and shares were sold off.
0: Turning to international news now, Sean, and the war in Ukraine continues. And over the past 48 hours, there were claims by Moscow that Ukrainian drones tried to assassinate Vladimir Putin and reports that Kiev downed 18 Russian kamikaze
1: drones. Russia has vowed to take retaliatory action on what it said was a late night drone attack on the Kremlin. By Ukraine, but Kyiv has denied any responsibility. In recent months, Ukraine has carried out a number of drone strikes behind enemy lines, targeting fuel depots and military bases, some of which were several hundred kilometers into Russian territory. Meanwhile, Kyiv's city administration said that all missiles and drones targeting the Ukrainian capital for the third time in four days this is yesterday were destroyed, though a university was hit by about three drones. It comes a day after 21 people died in a Russian strike on the city of Curzon. It's a war that just continues. It's no longer on the front pages, obviously, but it's still very, very sad, Michael.
0: Yes, indeed. Now, it's a big weekend, Sean, for Charles III, possibly a little bit of an understatement there, uh, with the King tomorrow morning taking a six-horse-drawn carriage to Westminster Abbey to officially become king of the empire. Not only is he the oldest monarch, Sean, to assume the throne, but the richest also.
1: Yeah, so this is all happening Saturday morning UK time. So it'll be Saturday evening our time. Charles currently has a personal fortune of more than $1.2 Aussie dollars, given he received most of Queen Elizabeth's estate and saved a slice of his annual proceeds from the Duchy of Cornwall estate according to the Bloomberg Wealth Index. Now the Duchy of Cornwall estate includes assets like the Oval Cricket Ground, farmland, even a Devon prison apparently. Charles' assets now include Sandringham and Balmoral Castles as well as the land that surrounds those estates. He doesn't own Buckingham Palace though, that's not owned by the king as such. Of course he's ascending to the throne almost 50 years older than his mother did so he has been able to build up his own wealth but when he takes the oath Tomorrow night, Australian time, he'll be the oldest and richest person to ever take the throne.
0: A Devon prison. Is that where they send luncheon meat if it's committed a crime? (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Go
1: on. Just get out of this. Sometimes I loathe myself, Sean. (laughs) Never loathe yourself, Michael.
0: Um, Finally, last one Saudi Arabia is preparing to offer football star Lionel Messi a 400 million US dollar annual contract. That's just huge, isn't it? Yeah. I just can't get over that number. $400 million US million a year to play with the Saudi Pro League this summer.
1: Doesn't that mean that if he does it for a couple of years, he ends up richer than King Charles III? <laughs> I reckon that's a fairly good use of your time, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. It's been a really fascinating story. Now, I don't necessarily follow football closely, but the or Messi stuff this week has been quite incredible. Now, the deal's being negotiated by his father. It would far exceed the more than $200 million deal Cristiano Ronaldo signed to play in Saudi Arabia until the summer of 2025. This is according to a report in the Telegraph of London. Of course, Messi and Ronaldo are the two great players of their generation and great competitors. The Argentinian World Cup star, this is Lionel Messi, was suspended on Tuesday by his current club, Paris Saint-Germain, for two weeks after travelling to Saudi Arabia without permission from the organisation. The signing would be quite a coup. It would be the latest move by Saudi Arabia to win over sports fans. I mean, they really are rocking professional sports at the moment. We've had Ronaldo recently. The country has also financed the Live Golf League, which has totally driven a schism in that particular sport. It's Sovereign Wealth Fund purchased Premier League Club at Newcastle United. Anyway, I don't know that Messi has actually signed yet, but $400 US dollars a year.
0: It makes me wish that I had played some kind of team sport as a child. (laughs) I think you could have done it. I really do. Oh, thanks, Sean. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Up next is the Fear and Greed daily interview with Georgie Dent, journalist, author, executive director of The Parenthood.
1: That's right. Great chat to Georgie about some of the things that we can do around enabling women to get back to work, helping kids before they actually reach school and how much that will help the economy, I mean society, but the economy as well going forward. Yeah, it's coming up next in the Fear
0: and Greed playlist on your podcast platform or at fearandgreed.com.au. Definitely worth a listen. Thank you very much, Sean. Thank you, Michael. It's Friday, the 5th of May, 2023. Make sure you're following the podcast. Join us online on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't forget to check out the new episode of How Do They Afford That as well, which is out now. And stay up to date on all the business news with Alexa and your Amazon Echo smart speaker. Simply say, Alexa, play the Fear and Greed podcast to catch the latest episode. Grab yours now at amazon.com.au. I'm Michael Thompson, and that was Fear and Greed. Have a great day.